Welcome to the second season of We Muse Aloud, a podcast where anonymous voices share their thoughts on a theme within a dreamscape of music and ambient sound, where shepherds watch their flocks by night, where happening fish flop on a digital beach. How was your summer? Did you find yourself blissfully lost in a moment or two? This first episode of season two is about proposals. That moment when someone asks someone to marry them and hopes they will say, yes. Our contributing voices are three couples with very different engagement stories. So without any further ado, let's get started. As always, We Muse Aloud is best enjoyed with headphones, for the full sonic experience. Could we have some sound effects? Maybe some nice summer birds chirping, since we didn't get to spend any time together in warmer weather. That's lovely. Thank you. How about some music? Wonderful. So, here we go. Episode 11. Proposals. I don't think, I think if ever I thought that I wasn't going to get married, it was probably (laughs) uh, a fearful thought. Like, oh God, what if I don't get married? (laughs) You know, which embarrasses me a little to say. But, um... Because I, I want to, I want to have been the person who's like, oh, maybe, maybe I won't get married. Maybe I'll be, you know, large and in charge, and just me. But, um, but no. So I, I kind of thought I, I would. Um, and I don't know. I, I watched a lot of romantic comedies when I was a kid, um, old ones and newer ones, and I'm sure that a lot of that fed into ideas I had about how people propose to each other. It's so vague. It's so, you know, like someone getting down on one knee kind of thing, you know? And maybe, I mean, this all blurs together a bit too, but I was aware of different, you know, flash mob things and and cute stories that people had told um, beforehand. But I think most of those I'd heard after Christy and I got together. And, um, And then it was further complicated by a course that I took during my master's, conjugal, politics, no, it was free love, question mark, conjugal politics in American literature. And we talked about the problem of, um, of asking someone sort of under duress, you know, like with, with a flash mob in Home Depot, for example, you know, like, what are you doing to that answer when you're performing your question that way? So while I, I think for a little while, I thought that sort of thing was really cute, I also didn't want to do something like that. And I knew that in Christy's case, you know, when it came down to it later on, I knew she wouldn't go for something like that, that she's a little bit more of a private person. At a certain point, I'm not sure when we agreed on this, but at a certain point we had, we had sort of decided that, that we would both propose, we would each propose to the other. She definitely wanted to do uh, both of us proposing, but I, I, I don't know if I forgot but I, I, like she proposed to me and then it was amazing. And then I, she was kind of like, like for the year, she's kind of a little bit upset with me a little bit, just uh, 
And I didn't know what was going on. And then, and then one day she finally told me, uh, you need to propose to me. Why haven't you proposed to me yet? And I'm like, what? I have to propose to you? And, and then, so then I did. And um, yeah, it, just, it was her though. There was some time in between, but it did work out that way. But I, like, I figured she was more like the boy, like, and, and the boy did it, and I was the girly one, and so, yeah. So, the, the first one, um, I prepared myself, I guess, and, and the ring as best I could on my limited budget um, over the course of a summer. Um, so this was a few years back. Oh, I can't remember, I can't remember the exact year, but, um, I want to say it was like four years ago, three, before. Anyway, um, I was away. I was in Andover teaching, and um, I, I actually started as I was as I was going shopping around to see where I could get the ring that I had um, that was you know been in my family for a long time. Uh, nice big rock on it too. I was really excited about it. Um, uh, where I could get it resized. I was, I was asking people, you know, like, do you know where I could get a ring resized? And then they would ask, oh my God, what, what, what's happening? Kind of thing. So I started telling people, yeah, I'm going to propose, right? And, and it was building up and building up and there was this momentum and I was, but I was so certain she was going to say yes. I didn't really, you know, it didn't, didn't trouble me at all to, to be talking about it. And I was just over the moon, so excited to be going around and finding out, you know, about different, you know, uh, how it worked. I'd never done something like that before. My brother came with me at one point, and I think my dad came with me to another one. So, you know, the whole family knew, and, and I was doing this. And um, Christy and I, of course, had talked about it before, but she didn't know that I was considering doing it that summer. Yeah, so we actually, we went to Tobago. So it's Trinidad and Tobago, and Tobago is more like the resort islands, like when you think of paradise, true Caribbean island, Tobago is it, a beach, there's a beach like every five minutes, walk every five minutes, and there is a beautiful beach. Uh, everybody's in, you know, like bikinis, bathing, bathing suits, and uh, yeah, it's really beautiful there. So we went to spend four days there, and I had no idea she was going to propose to me. And the, the, I, I brought it in my, in, I guess in my, my laptop bag or something, anyway, and I recall checking that it was there all the time because Christy kept, had told me, you know, don't bring anything valuable or, you know, like be, be careful about what you, what you bring. And uh, so I kept checking for the ring, and, um, but Christy didn't know. And I sort of snuck it into my purse that first night that we were going for dinner. Went to dinner um, and it was this really nice uh, restaurant at the, you know, at the hotel where we were staying. And we had this beautiful room um, you know, with vaulted ceilings and everything. It worked out beautifully. Um, and we went down to the beach with our, with our drinks after, after dinner. And it was very romantic. It was, we actually, um, we, we were walking on a beach one night and, you know, holding hands and it was really, you know, the stars were shining and like the, the waves were crashing on the beach and coconut trees swaying. And, and I stooped down at one point to ostensibly, I don't know, like, fix my shoe or something, right? Oh, because, I mean, mind you, in, in, in Tobago, in Trinidad and Tobago, it's still illegal to be gay. You get thrown in jail for 14 years if they can prove that you're gay. So, I mean, I was doing this slightly reckless you know, thing, proposing to her on a beach in Tobago. So I, I had to sort of disguise it a little bit. But I did, and I, and I put, put my drink down um, on a, whatever, a, um, one of those 
chairs, lounge chairs, and um, and then propped up with the ring. So she did a sort of thing where she she went down on one knee, but she kind of did a little side side going down on one knee. She, it was very like ninja-like, and like, and, but she didn't she didn't stay on her knee for very long because obviously, if anybody saw, then that would have been that not would have been so good at the resort. So we were the only ones in the beach town guard. And it was a little protected uh, cove, little protected beach um, at the resort. And I really, I wish in the moment, I thought, shoot, 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 what am I doing? Like, I should have thought this through more. I want to say more. I want to say the right thing. I, crap, right? But I, I also knew that I just had to do it. So I would, oh man, I must have looked like a deer in headlights, but I, you know, I've got the ring and I, and I said, Christy, will you marry me? And I had no idea it was coming, and it was so amazing. It was so romantic, and and I don't. Oh my God! I think of like what my face must have looked like. Like I mean, it must have looked so like awkward. I just oh. And and she was stunned and thrilled, and she smiled so big, and uh, you know, and it's just like nighttime on the beach, dark. Nobody else is there. Thank goodness, because I mean, who knows? Although of course it would have been tourists and whatnot, and they wouldn't have cared. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and so and then she said yes, and, and that was that. That was the first, first thing, and oh man, what a, what a, I mean, I, I, a great feeling, but also I was, I was so, on some level, I was so disappointed in myself that I, I'd, I'd gotten so like fumbly nervous, you know, and anyway, um, but it was, it was super exciting. And then, then I was, I was also excited because I thought, well, now she's going to propose to me at some point. So I was waiting for this proposal. And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. We had talked a year before about um, me just making a wedding ring, I guess, and like the design of the wedding ring. and. Um, but I just, I, and I, I don't know, it just, it just kind of, you know, our lives got really busy and I just, I just didn't end up doing, doing it. So the design on the ring, um, it has waves on it and it was supposed to have turtles and fish and, and a diamond for each year that we were together, small little diamond. So we were together for seven years and then when I actually made a ring, it was eight, it was eight diamonds. So. Um, she was kind of like, well, you need to get on it because you don't want it to be nine diamonds, you know? So, uh, yeah, so I don't know why it slipped my mind. I don't know. I just thought, you know, well, she's a boy and she, she proposed, so I don't have to do, I don't have to propose. And, and that's where what we, I think probably the roughest year of our relationship set in, you know? Um, because, yeah, I sort of, I'd always imagine that, okay, well, it'll be, it'll be like, you know, a month or two after, maybe, you know, like that, that would make sense. Um, and it, it didn't. And I thought, well, was she serious? You know, because, I mean, it wasn't fully a yes until she asked me back kind of thing, right? Um, so, yeah, so it, it was a while, and it was a rough, rough while. And then... So it was two years later, uh, maybe a year and a half, I guess, right? Because it was, it was March, not the fall, not, not, let's see. So not that March, but the following March. So I had no idea really what to do. Um, 
and then I like asked a couple of my friends, you know, what's the best thing, what what's really romantic, and so I asked a couple of friends, and they like a lot of them suggested like go back to the place where you guys first met, and that was at residence at Whitney Hall at University of Toronto, and Christy had organized for us to go to tea. There's this little tea place called Tea Buds up on Young. And uh, um, she was all sort of excited to go to tea. And she, she took a little bit more care in planning this evening than was usual. So I, I kind of had an idea something was happening, but I really got the sense that something was gonna happen when she was like, well, we have to go down to UC first, right? Um, University College, why would we, why would we have to go down to UC? Um, we never do that. So, you know, red, huge red flag, might as well have just asked me then, right? But, but I, I kind of went with it and I was like, okay, I figured, you know, we have to be there. I proposed to her in the quad or like little, like, garden area where we were watching a movie one night and, and after like a month of hanging out, like every single day, and I, you know, it was coming up to exams, and I was like, "Wow, I'm really attracted to her, and I really like like a lot." And and I was I, I was gonna tell her and be like, "Listen, we can't be friends anymore because this is just so intense. This feeling, you know, it's so distracting. I just want to spend all my time with her. I can't seem to study." And so we went back to that place. We had this sort of weird walk down to. We took the the, the subway to St. George, and we we walked down the road to Whitney, Whitney Hall, which is where we, um, where she first told me she liked me. And, uh, and, and we, like, we just sort of marched. I forget, I don't think we even really spoke much. It was just this funny walk and, and, and sort of happy, but also, God, this is so, like, strangely awkward, you know, and we're going and, and she's sort of leading me and, and we got, we got to that spot. And so it's like this little, there's a stair, uh, you know, just a little staircase up to the um, the door to the common room. We'd been sitting out there on couch cushions, you know, back in 2006 when she told me that she she was attracted to me and that we couldn't be friends anymore. Right? This is how we we'd originally gotten together, um, and I'd had this epiphany. Oh my God, I'm in love with this person. Right? Um, so it was super appropriate. We got to that point, and, and so she leads me up up onto the the sort of platform. And she gets down on one knee. And then I went down on one knee and I proposed to her. And she kind of figured, she, she kind of knew it was coming because I did ask her to like dress up and, you know, why would we going to St. George Station? Like, so, so I think she, she kind of knew it was coming. And there's this girl who's walking around like in a hijab, like over, you know, um, the other side of the quad. She seems to be on her phone. And I noticed her out of the corner of my eye, you know, as we were coming in. But so Christy you know, gets down one knee and she says, Annie, will you marry me? And I say, yes. And she goes, wonderful. And there's Rhea. And she gestures with her hand. And it's our friend Rhea, who um, is not Muslim and was just in disguise, you know, <laughs> so that I wouldn't see her. And she, and she um, busts out a camera and starts taking pictures of us, right? So, and, and she's, it's a whole photo shoot. So she surprised me with a photo shoot. And that was really fun. That was the part that I did not did not expect at all. Yeah, it, it was, it was, I think she, she liked that I proposed it. I think, I think it, it, it was okay. It wasn't as romantic as her proposal, but it was still, you know, it was pretty, still pretty great, I think. So I think she thought so, so, yeah. But uh, then we walked around campus a bit and, and took pictures. 
cute pictures, awkward pictures. I'm not very, uh, I, I get super awkward when I know someone's taking a picture. It's a problem that I have. Anyway, so yeah, that was it. I believe it was on December 22nd or 23rd. Like this is a weirdly elaborate Christmas present is what, because that's what it was like, this is a Christmas present scavenger hunt. Um, and he, he kind of tried to throw me off the trail because he gave me like gift certificates, gift certificates and stuff like that to the places uh, I went along the way. But then there was like a production, like a, a musical version of um, Hercules at the lot, which, and it was very confusing and like, I was like, this is weird. So to arrange a scavenger hunt, I had, uh, there were several, um, I had to uh, make an excuse for Jen to be in the office uh, on, the, on the, uh, the day when the scavenger hunt was gonna happen. And I thought, I'd, let's make it a day where it is uh, not gonna be a regular office day, so it'll be just us in there, so we won't get in the way of anything. And it also has to be a day that the theater is available and, and can be used, no problem. And, uh, and thanks to everyone at uh, TPM for offering that stuff and setting that up, and the people, yeah, Jason, particularly David, amazing for setting that up. The excuse was, that uh, one of my partners in crime, Cam Davis, had to do some video recording that day and he had rented the theater, especially to do some special film shoot stuff that day for his video work and photography work. Uh, so, um, but there was some special deal that had been worked out, was the story to Jen that we've worked out some special deal that like Cam can go in there and do this stuff, but only um, if we can just get someone to let him in. And so I was like, well, Jen, maybe you can come down, use your keys, just open up for him. Jen's like, oh my God. I'm thinking if she has to do this scavenger, a scavenger hunt by herself down there, that's gonna be not fun. Like she gets mad at a clue, she doesn't see where she's going, and she's just by herself feeling like a dummy walking around. And I'm like, you gotta have a buddy with you to go on this quest. And um, I, uh, so I asked her sister Kim to, uh, to come join her. And uh, I, Kim was my other special secret confidant on this mission. And uh, so I told, I told her what the whole deal was. Kim was told all the locations. Uh, she knew where everything was gonna be. And she was also told to keep sly about everything. And she was given many very important jobs that had to happen. Um, and uh, Kim she has decided to join in because Kim says to her, I would love to uh, check out that new yoga place you're going to. Would it be okay if I tag along? And Jen's like, oh, maybe this will be kind of fun then. You know, I could do yoga. It won't just be sitting around waiting for stupid Will. So me and my sister, what I couldn't remember was that um, me and my sister went to a yoga class. And I couldn't remember if like Will had orchestrated that as a present or if we had decided to go separately or if Kim had like tricked me into going. She could have just said no, yeah. <laughs> I know, it could have been bad. It could have, the whole thing could have collapsed, imploded at so many points. But fortunately, uh, the fates were smiling on me, I guess. So we went to the yoga studio and the yoga studio people gave me a card and there was a hint on it. And then I, I knew to go to Lululemon because I can't remember what the hint was, but I went there. So they head out there 
and me and Cam were trying to do stuff. I'm kind of getting a little crazy and I didn't sleep very much the night before because I had originally planned I was gonna do this. So the scavenger hunt was going to a whole bunch of little locations, a bunch of places that were fun little shops that uh, I thought Jen would enjoy uh, checking out. Um, and uh, so, uh, there was Lululemon and uh, Fresh was one of the places and a bunch of little places where it would just be fun. I think Gap might have been one, I, I can't remember now. And then we had to go to Fresh. This is where I messed up the scavenger hunt. There's a Fresh off of Queen on Spadina and there's a Fresh on Queen further, east, further west. So I, for some reason, didn't read the clue very well and went, decided to go to the one um, on Spadina, because Will's cousin works there, and I guess it, it was the closest one, so I was just like, oh, that makes sense. And my sister knew I was making a wrong turn, but didn't know how to, like, tell me I was going to the wrong place. So we went there, and I, like, asked for a clue, and they were like, I don't know what you're talking about, kind of thing. And my sister's like, oh, I think you should look at the clue again, maybe. And I, was, I didn't even get it at that point that she was in on it or anything. I don't think I got it until, like, they told me. And uh, one of the fun things at the end was that we were going to do a, a play for her, a, a five minute version of Disney's Hercules. And uh, the reason for that is because, because uh, on one of our first dates, uh, we went over to her place to watch Hercules. And that was, it might've been our first date, but it was, you know, just like we were saying, yeah. But uh, then we went to the other one and by that time I had messed up the schedule a bit. So I was late and I don't remember why. I was late or like, oh, I think it was because, so I went to the lot next. The next clue was to go to the lot uh, where Will used to work. Um, and I think there was a performance that one of the people who was acting in the little skit they did had to go to after. So they had to like make sure I got there really quickly <laughs> to do it. That night I'd been out all night. I snuck out in the middle of the night to go to Tim Hortons to finish writing the five minute version of Hercules script. And I was sitting in Tim Hortons working on it. Uh, watching a DVD of it and eating Timbits and stuff and just working away at it. And uh, then I came back home and while Jen's sleeping as well, I'm making mini pillars in the garage uh, to, to try and look like little Greek columns and gluing them together and stuff. And uh, I, yeah, I actually had to pick up the Greek columns because I had made kind of something similar from Jen's parents. So I did have to, I had actually asked her the parents' permission a little bit before and had to drive up to King to get these, anyways, blah, blah, blah. So I'd been up all night doing crazy things and so I was pretty out of it. And uh, I'm, I'm going on my computer being like, okay, what, what do I gotta do? What's my list of stuff today? They've gone to yoga. We're in the theater now. We got, okay, we gotta do this light and that light. And like, what's going on? Oh my God. Uh, and I'm like, the scripts. I don't have a printer here, and I never printed the scripts, and I never had that rehearsal I meant to have to have where everyone could go through stuff. So, so I was like, oh my God, and there's Reg pops up on Gmail chat or whatever, and I was like, hey Will, how's it going? You're up early, like, uh, maybe we should do a project together sometime. And I'm like, well, how about this project? I'm proposing to Jen right now, today, and I need your help desperately. And he's like, okay, no problem, anything. And so he prints the scripts for everybody, highlights everyone's parts so they can read it in their hands because they'll be probably performing it as soon as she gets there. Um, and so he was doing that and he was running down with the scripts in hand. Like, I think he had to sneak into work maybe to get them printed because he didn't have a printer either because, you know, just a generational thing, I guess, I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was crazy. And he came in and helped out with that. Um, so 
we get, so she's doing, so I'm running around with the theater. I'm setting up all the lights. I have gobos uh, going up, some, I think some hearts and maybe some bells or something. And I have uh, a spotlight that's gonna go on me and a spotlight that's gonna go on Jen and some aisle light in the middle and the rest is just some nice saturated light going on there, uh, some purple and pink and stuff like that on the curtains and the walls and stuff. And uh, Cam's also rigged up, uh, we've got a projector screen and we've got a projector going that's gonna be, a, that's a slideshow of uh, photos of us together and, um, and we've, we're trying to hook up the soundboard as well uh, to get this song going that we love that was used in our wedding um, fairly well, but it uh, is, is actually called Dink Song, um, but it's uh, fairly well is the better way to, the version inside Lou and Davis is the, the one that just, just melts our hearts and we used it for our uh, walking down, for Jen walking down the aisle in the wedding actually. But um, so, so the song is key as well. The song is like when Jen hears this, she's gonna know like this should be our song. Like we have always felt this way about it. So we can't get the friggin' audio board to work. Um, and I'm out of time at this point too. Reg is down here with us, he's got the scripts. We've hung as much as we can of my crazy plan. And, I'm, and Kim's texting us like they're on their way to Fresh or something and we're like, oh my God, um, we gotta go. So, so uh, we just, we just, we just, uh, I go, I'm trying to get the board working and I thought, I know digital boards. I was mainly an audio tech for three years at, at Lot, like that was my main gig and I'm like, and I worked with digital boards for like two years of that at least and I was like, I cannot get a stupid computer input to play properly. So I'm calling up David Fisher who is off on Christmas holidays probably with family doing stuff in the middle of a snowball fight in out east or in Ottawa or somewhere and I can't get a hold of it. I'm like, I'm, and Jason is gone as well, and I'm just like, I'm gonna die. I can't do this. And Cam's like, okay, I'm gonna try and call David. I'm gonna figure this out. You just go, man. Don't worry. So I go, and um, I'm in my head going, oh, the song's not gonna play, and I'm driving over the lot. And so Reg's job was to make sure he catches her there and brings her to the right space so she doesn't walk in on Avenue Q's 7-3 mount or something in the middle of the show. So, because there's every space there is a performance space, right? And so, uh, so we run in there and we're starting to rehearse. Um, also, uh, Meg is on the phone with us there. We're, I've never FaceTimed anyone. She was supposed to FaceTime and I found out my phone does not FaceTime there. We practiced it with Meg on the phone. Colin shows up as well, which is a surprise. Uh, well, a good, not exactly a surprise, but I had an understudy lined up because at the last minute, Colin also looked like he might not be able to <laughs> perform in it because uh, I didn't get him the script super early and we just had, I hadn't worked out things as early as I had told him I would. So he was kind of, he hadn't really been clear on what the details were gonna be. So thanks to also my understudy, Jeff Laird, who, uh, who was ready and in the wings and totally willing to go nuts for this. Um, and so I saw the skit, which was what I thought was the end of the Christmas gift, which was Hercules, which is a Disney movie we watched on one of our first dates. Um, and so he acted it out with a whole bunch of friends, including Megan Poole, uh, who was in Sterling doing a show, so she called in to sing one of the songs, which was pretty funny. I think I'm on the phone with Meg at the beginning or something like that, and I'm, and I'm like, what do you mean, Meg? You're like, you're gonna be rude about this or whatever? I'm like, fine then, you're fired. You're not in this show anymore. And then we go, well, we need someone to play one of the roles in this show. And we go, okay, it's, it's you, Kim, come up here. And Kim's like, what, me? And so we pull her up and we give her a script and uh, we just start running through and doing silly voices and dances and running on. And Reg, 
did, I don't think he even got to rehearse with us because he was outside with Jen and I said, Reg, we might grab you at points and just go with it. And he did. He just went with it on some of the songs. We, did, we didn't choreograph much, we, but we just started doing like flowing things and crazy. And at one point, um, we fire Kim because she says the wrong line. And so then uh, we call up Meg again and say, sorry, we have to go back with the original actress on this one. And then we hold up the phone to Jen and Meg sings, um, uh, I won't say I'm in love, or yeah, to her. And we're all like dancing and cooing and cawing and like doing harmony stuff with her. And uh, it was great, it was great. And uh, then for the last section of it, we, we pull Jen up and we say, uh, we had to get rid of Meg too, because I'm like, forget you, Meg, you suck. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and so then we pull Jen up because we need her to be uh, Megara so that we can do a bit at the end where I'm Hercules and she's, she's Megara and I'm saving her and the other guys are pulling her away and then like, uh, you know, so they have a, it's kind of this funny thing of like, oh, they go one way, I go one way and then bam, we get together and I kiss her and oh, and she's saved and we're both gods now and live forever and are happy and, uh, and it was great. It was amazing and it was so fun and she loved it and uh, everyone had a great time, and then she was, you know, and then we were like, yeah, so that's, uh, that's great. We're done now, and uh, this is great. And she's like, thanks so much. This is amazing. So I say, um, I say, well, I do, I should, like, I do have to go back and just finish up with Cam quick, though. And she's like, holy shit, this thing with Cam is real? God damn it. Like, I thought, like, I thought you've been here practicing the whole time, and he's just been doing his video stuff. So she's like, Christ's sakes, okay, fine, let's go. She's nicer than that. I'm making her sound like a jerk. She's wonderful. Um, but uh, so we, uh, everybody, we pile into the car, say goodbye to the people who are heading out, and uh, we drive back over to TPM. Um, me and my sister were heading back, because I guess I knew I had to lock up. And then Will called me, he had run ahead, and said, Cam's not here, like, I don't know where he went. And I was really upset, because I was supposed to, uh, like, I opened the theater for him so he could use it, and it's like, not a great area sometimes. So I was like, oh no, they could come in and steal lights or whatever, like whatever they want is theirs now. So I was really angry. And so I rushed into the theater. She comes running in, opens the door, opens the other door. And I think I had standby on my phone to Cam and then I had go and I text him go. And as soon as he gets that under the table, he hits the thing. Sound goes, the favorite song goes on, projection of us goes on the projection screen, the lights all change, a spotlight on me, a lesser spotlight on her so it's not blinding her, and I just get down on one knee. And Will was um, kneeling and he had the ring open and he was like in a spotlight and uh, a song that we both really like was playing and then apparently I just said yes. <laughs> I didn't wait for him to say anything. That was my favorite. That was my favorite thing because there's so two other interesting side points where the night before, or I'm panicking about, am I gonna get this script done? Is everyone gonna be ready? Is every, like, and especially before we're going to bed, still a lot of stuff hadn't been done. A lot of it I got done after she went to sleep. Um, so I was very panicky. And, uh, and, um, one of the things she had shown me, she had recently gotten Pinterest, I think, within the last couple of months, and one of the things she had shown me then was like, look at this page, I've, this board I've made of like, love quotes, of like, amazing, beautiful love quotes. And I was like, I've done all this planning, I've done, and I never thought of what I would say once I get down on my knee, and I was, so all day I was also in my back of my head being like, what am I gonna say, what am I gonna say, trying to make up this big speech, and like all of it was like, oh, this is so bad, I can't think of anything great to say. So I was like, so that especially freaked me out that night. 
So she, so thankfully, yeah, she just said yes. She gave me the, she gave me the better gift for Christmas of not making me do a speech. So she said yes, and then waited a minute, and then we hugged and kissed, and she was so overwhelmed and happy. And then she looked over and says, "Is Cam in the booth?" No. <laughs> And he was, and then he waved. I was like, you can come out now, it's okay. <laughs> we had known each other a little more than a year when I went to Malta. However, we were living in different cities. And when we met the year before, we were both involved with other people. The, the relationship was a little crazy. We hadn't hooked up in any way, shape or form. So it was complicated. And um, being the upstanding citizens that we were, um, we, we decided to become disentangled before engaging with each other at all. But that doesn't mean we weren't talking to each other. And you know, we did a lot of uh, what was the program called? We did a lot of instant messenger conversations. You know, when I was supposed to be at work, I would be chatting with Terry. Um, so yeah, we had known each other and it was apparent, it was very clear to me, and Terry says it was very clear to him, that when we first met, it was very much lightning strike and fireworks and I was bartending and he sat down at my bar and then everything else kind of turned black and white and Terry was in color and then we we just didn't break eye contact for like five hours and I neglected all my other clients at the bar. <laughs> I moved to Toronto for career stuff because Montreal had become too small for what I wanted to be doing. Um, got an agent, booked the movie that was gonna take me to Malta. So I had only been in the same city as Terry for two weeks or something. And he helped me through this huge passport crisis. I lost my passport two days before I was supposed to leave to Malta. Tearing my hair out, he saved my butt. And then I uh, got him to drive me back to where I was staying, trapped him in his car and told him I loved him. And he told me to get out of his car because <laughs> he didn't feel prepared to handle this kind of intensity. And then she got this gig in Malta and was shooting and had a two-week break and said, I'm going to fly you out here. I want you to come see Malta. It's beautiful. And he said no. And then apparently a bunch of his friends took him out to brunch or something and told him he was being an idiot. And they said, get your ass on that plane. You're going to Malta. So I booked the flight and flew out to see her. And then Malta happened. And, uh, and it was while I was in Malta, there was a point one night where we were, you know, we had finally connected and we're... Uh, I mean, we were sharing a hotel room. There was shenanigans going on. And I told, I believe I told him, it was, we were very soppy and romantic and very in love and very, like no holds, but two actors, like two performers being in love is just disgusting. It's the worst. Um, and I told him that if he asked me to marry him, I will say yes. That's a hypothetical statement. I was letting him know that there was an open door. I, I believe Terry interpreted that a little differently. And I hadn't, like I'd clearly been thinking it, but I hadn't voiced it 
and somehow I kind of took that as like we were engaged kind of thing. Moved in with Terry in Toronto. We went to Nova Scotia first to meet, to have our kind of summer traditional cottage thing with my family. Terry had this very manly heart to heart with my dad where he expressed his intentions that he was gonna ask me to marry him while they were chopping wood of all things. It was really manly. And then he had an involuntary one-on-one -on -one with my mom because she got upset that he had only spoken to my dad. So she took him for a long and terrifying drive, <laughs> asked him lots of questions. And then we went to Ottawa on the way back from Nova Scotia. And Terry spoke to his mom. I was up early one morning. My mom was in the kitchen. I said, I just wanted to let you know that I'm, I'm going to ask this girl to marry me. And my mom was like, that's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And then Liz came down for breakfast and my mom said, congratulations. And I asked her on what? And she said, you're engaged. <laughs> no, we're not. I need to talk to Terry now. <laughs> I mean, I said, thank you. And we hugged it out and so on. And then uh, Terry and I spoke about it and I informed him that we were not actually engaged and that he was gonna have to take advantage of a do-over. And it wasn't until we were driving back from Ottawa that Liz said, you know you still have to ask me at some point, right? And I was like, oh, I kind of thought we had somewhere in there. And she was like, you've never asked me. So he, in the car, got down on one knee on the driver's seat, no ring, and asked me to marry him. And I said, not here, not like this. Okay, you get one more do-over, because <laughs> I want to just, propose to me, like pretend like there's the possibility I'm gonna say no, take that risk. Let's just play act. And then eventually we went ring shopping together. And bought wedding rings. We got our names tattooed on each other and bought wedding rings. Um, I picked a ring that I really wanted for my engagement ring. Terry bought a different one for me. Still had yet to ask the question. Um, and then proposed in a cafe and finally got it done. And I don't know that I ever did do a proper proposal. I don't know. So does it count? Are we married? And then we were finally properly engaged. I can't, not that I recall, I don't remember it being a, uh, that's horrible. Cause if there was an event <laughs> where I, I did it properly, hmm. I don't know, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think I ever proposed to her. Yeah. In case you're wondering, they've been married for 11 years. They have two lovely children, and they seem very happy. This week's contributing voices are Annie and Christy, Jen Sarter and Will Hofstetter, and Liz Whitmere and Terry McGurran. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do us the honor of sharing it with someone. Subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. Like us at facebook.com slash wemusealoud, and follow us on Twitter at wemusealoud. As we've heard, Marriage proposals are a personal thing that take many forms. However, one enduring truth remains.
No one wants to be proposed to at a major sporting event.